Welcome to the HMO Property Podcast, where we connect, educate, and inspire the UK's HMO property community. So stop what you're doing, sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. and welcome to another episode of the HMO Property Podcast. In this episode, we interview successful HMO property investor, Alistair Trippett. Alistair is going to take us on his HMO property investment journey, including the ups, the downs, the highs and the lows. Now, Alistair's been investing in property for some five years now. He's completed one HMO project and currently houses five tenants. So let's jump straight in. Alistair, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much for having me. How are you doing? I'm very well. Good, good to have you on. Before we get started with your HMO journey, tell us a bit about yourself and your background before HMOs. Right, um, so my property journey started quite young. I started uh, once I left school. I... Did school as normal, but had a bit of a checkered health past. I was diagnosed with bone cancer when I was 12. Um, that came with all its problems, being on crutches. I think I was on crutches for the best part of seven years. Uh, so it's no surprise I didn't enjoy school very much. Didn't have a great ambition to go to university because on crutches, you, you're not going to enjoy the party and you're not going to, you don't have much uh, independence anyway. So to then be shoved into holes didn't sound like a great idea to me. Um, I found actually during a lot of my treatment as well, probably which I realized has influenced my property and where I've gone with business is I spent a lot of time with adults, which I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't class myself as a bore that can't have fun, but at the same time, when you spend a lot of time with adults, you start thinking slightly differently. Yeah. So I um, did my A-levels was still on crutches, had my leg in an external fixator. It was broken through for, like I say, seven years. Um, so as soon as I'd finished my A-levels, the plan was to have a few operations and sort it out once and for all. Um, so that's exactly what happened. Had major surgery. So I would have been 18 now. Um, leg in an external fixator. And fortunately, I was in a position where my parents were able to say, look, why don't you go find yourself a property, do a refurb and keep yourself busy doing that? So that's kind of where it all started with my property journey. Wow, man. So you you finished your, you finished your A-levels knowing that you didn't want to jump into university because of all your health issues and you just went straight for it with a property? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, my dad's from an engineering background, so I, I was pretty hands-on with, I don't know, tinkering with cars. I was relatively useful in that sense. I uh, did my A-levels in maths, physics, and design and technology. So again, practical things, um, maybe not math so much, but yeah. Then, uh, so yeah, no, I was, I was keen to jump in and get involved. Amazing. Tell us about your first project. It, obviously, I'm guessing it wasn't an HMO. 
No, it wasn't. It was... To be fair, the numbers aren't that bad. I'd like... <laughs> when you think about how much I knew then compared to how much I know now, um, I don't know whether you judge it as luck or whether you just... You're going off a gut feeling rather than exact numbers. Um, but yeah, it was a three-bedroom ex-council house, semi-detached in Blurton in Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, I think it just been repossessed. It's being sold by an agent that was friends of the family. So I obviously must have had a conversation with him at some point saying, look, I'm having a look for a doer-upper. Uh, yeah, stumbled across this one. It was interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, bought it for around 68000 and overall I think I spent about six or seven on it. Um, so yeah, light refurb. I think the guy in there, I think I actually bumped into a, a few weeks into the project. He came around and knocked on the door and he obviously had some mental health issues and had painted the whole house red and black. <laughs> Dennis the Menace house. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, as you can imagine, when you're doing your first project, every, your paint's cheap, everything's cheap and white glossing, black skirting boards is quite a chore. <laughs> red and black did you take any photos oh no i can't say i've seen any uh, i would have yeah no, i don't think i did cool okay no worries okay so you're 18 you bought your first house uh with a bit of help from your parents to get you uh get you out there and active and doing stuff um how did you actually get into the world of hmo property investing and when was that Okay, so again, probably pure luck. Um, after doing a few cycles of projects, I bought at auction this corner terrace. It was about it was in it's in Penkel in Stoke on Trent near the hospital. It's a quite an affluent area for the centre of Stoke. It's where a lot of the doctors decide to buy their houses and live. And your standard three bedroom terrace there is around one hundred and twenty grand done up. So this property came up to auction. It was about at least three times the size of your, your standard terrace, and it's an all-terraced area. The street yeah. is on, so it was. It must have been back in the day the only pub on the corner that everyone local would have gone to, and then it's since been turned into a shop, and then since then it's been turned into I don't know some low-end rental accommodation with mixed tenancies. Um, so yeah, that went to auction with uh, Butcher John B Auction House and bought that for 100 grand so yeah to get to your question because i will end up going off on tangents here how did i get into hmos well when i bought that property which is now my hmo i didn't even know what a hmo was um i was assessing all the different plans splitting into three houses splitting into flats it had had planning for flats and it wasn't until i went to my accountant who just so happens to be into property himself he said, oh, have you looked at doing a HMO? So obviously that got the uh, cogs turning and I started doing a bit of research into it and decided to go down that route. Got it. And it was as simple as that. You were just like, well, I'll figure out what this HMO thing's about. Or did you did you research? Did you learn? Did you take any education? Yeah, well, so no, I've never done any uh, property education. I've, I'd say a lot of it's self-taught. There's an absolute rook of videos on the internet which helped me out massively i know um i know you you've, you've had nick on the show he he uh, i 
take my hat off to him of how much knowledge he shared on social uh, on the social platform. Yeah, Nick Leatherland, good yeah. good guy, former uh, Navy guy as well. Uh, but so yeah, some of the things that I've designed uh, into my property, people, are, I don't know, it's the kind of thing that you'd be doing if you've been in the industry for twenty years. But just by hammering YouTube for a week, it's almost like you pick up the eye for detail before you even start the project. Got it. And was there anything holding you back from getting into HMOs? Or... Uh, no, I mean, there was, again, when I was looking what to do with the property, I spoke to uh, another huge landlord in the area who's got over 200 self uh, single lets. And so I was asking him the question, what do you think I should do? And he said, do whatever you want. Just don't turn it into a HMO, <laughs> which is quite bizarre because, I mean, obviously that's a, exactly what I've got and done. And uh, I think that's a life lesson I've learned. You've got to pick people's brains and then come up with your own decision. But um, no, that was the only negative I had going into it is he said, they won't get on. You'll have all the problems possible. It'll cause you more hassle than it's worth. Don't bother. But okay. I found... So I almost catered for those. He set the expectations for me. I still went ahead with the project, expecting all these problems. House was filled with tenants, went and met them all. And I was almost uh, gobsmacked that they're actually nice people that do look after the place. (laughs) It does happen. If you provide good quality accommodation for good people, they will look after the place. Yeah. Great. Tell us about your first HMO deal, Alistair. Uh, okay, so yeah, I bought an auction for 100 Ended up spending 150 on a refurb, which I know yeah. eye-watering for most people, but if you're taking on an old derelict pub that's got a basement the size of the floor, the same floor plan, huge ground floor, I don't know what the square metres is in total. I think 200 or 250 square metres rings a bell for some reason, I don't know why. Don't hop yeah. to that. Um, but yeah, built two extensions on it had to do a load of remedial works had to uh, tank the basement took it all the way back to brick and then did it up to an immaculate standard with there's eight bedrooms all on suite so that was 150 grand um refurb and that was with me as the main contractor so uh, i'd like to think if you got another main contractor and it would have been another 20 percent on top of that at least got it so you managed it start to finish yeah Right. Um, it almost killed me <laughs> not not literally but it, it's hard work being on the tools for eight months on a project like that it is it is okay and tell us um what's it worth now and what's it cash flowing so it got valued with Aldermore bank for three hundred and forty thousand. so it was all in for 250 it got valued at 340 which i think was a, a surprise to us all but we'll take it um and it's rental income is around 43,000 a year, fully occupied. And then, Brilliant. yeah, I think I've calculated after the expenditure, it comes down to about 35. And uh, my bottom line is about 25 once I've taken out the mortgage. Brilliant. Couple of grand a month yeah. after 12 months of hard work, I'm sure. Yeah. Brilliant. Sounds pretty life changing to me. Um, has it has it changed your life going from um, that single let strategy of um, you know buying refurbing maybe refinancing for a small amount of cash flow to being you know a couple of grand a month positive every month? 
Oh, massively. And it's such a motivator when you're going into it, thinking, I'm just dabbling in property here. And then you take on a project of that size. And at the end of it, you're thinking, right, this is this is hard work. But you've got in the back of your mind. But once I've done this, in theory, I'd never have to work a day in my life. You've, 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 you've uh, I mean, on something like that, you've reached your financial freedom, as they call it. Um, that was my goal throughout for my whole career. And I managed to do it so early uh, to reach that financial freedom figure. And it's peace of mind. And that's that's what's great about HMOs, isn't it? You can pretty much replace the average seller in the UK with one good quality HMO deal. So it's yeah. really, really powerful. Yeah, like you say, I think it's it's got to be good quality as well. Um, yeah, you you will get the cash flow by cutting a few corners and painting over the plaster rather than taking it back and trying to salvage some of the existing plumbing work. You will get the cash flow and you will have saved a few grand. But you don't, you're getting into property, like say, to replace your income. So you want that property to be making the same kind of money in 10 years' time. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the motto I went in with. And I think it's paying dividends already. It will definitely pay longer term dividends than the short term uh, way of doing things. Yeah. Alistair, what's your favorite part about HMO property investing so far? Is it the cash flow? Is it the product to the end? Is it dealing with tenants? Is it do you love licensing? Tell us what you love about HMOs. Does anyone love licensing? I don't know. Um, but what did I love about doing it? It's not that I've overspent by any means, but it's the first property that I've been able to say, look, we've got to do this to a good quality, putting nice paint in. And then you can match it with the furniture because most HMOs are furnished. Uh, I didn't go overboard. I know there's some out there on social media that are absolutely mind-blowing how smart they are. Um, but being able to just picture how you want it and then for the project to be done and then it's filled with the exact tenant profile you were hoping for. They all speak highly of it. They're all recommending it to their friends. I think it's just the uh, biggest pat on the back you can get, really, because you've nurtured that baby and it's actually worked out at the end. It's a lovely thing when a project comes together at the end and all the boxes get ticked and it actually works. Yeah, and it, it was a bit of an unknown going into it. I mean, like I say, you take everything people tell you with a pinch of salt, no matter how much experience they've got. So I was being told, oh, you'll get four fifty a month for this room. And I'm thinking... Surely no one's paying £450 a month for a room. But then when you actually break it down, you think, right, okay, well, if they want to live in one of the two-bedroom terraces across the road, yeah, that's £490 a month. But plus your bills, plus that, you're probably in for at least £900 a month. Whereas these guys have got no hassle. They can do a six-month tenancy, £450 a month, no bothers, get a clean as clean the communal areas. They work work most hours of the day anyway. It, uh, I think it takes the box for a lot of people. Convenience living. Yeah, I mean, I've almost considered living it myself at times. But... <laughs> okay, Alistair, we've talked about the past, but before we move on to your present and your future plans in HMO property, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking for an effortless HMO mortgage experience? If that's a yes, there's only one place to go www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk, the UK's number one specialist HMO mortgage broker. 
They're so specialized that they don't do anything else. HMO mortgages, HMO remortgages, and HMO bridging. That's it. They have access to every HMO lender out there, and even some exclusive products not available to other brokers. With lightning fast service and A1 communication, they're easily the best HMO broker in town. So to experience HMO lending made easy, go to www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk today. Alistair, tell us about one significant mistake that you've made in your HMO journey so far that by sharing, you might help others avoid. Um, yeah, you've put me on the spot there. Um, oh, I don't know if this is my biggest mistake. I know I have had a mistake since completing the project, though. Um, obviously, with it's an eight-bedroom all-on-suite when you finish the project all, all your eight tenants move in at the same time thereabouts and just by luck or bad luck it just so happens that they all it feels like they all start to move out at the same time so i think there was a period between january and february i had four people give notice and leave um so that set the alarm bells off when in reality what i should have just done is stay calm done what i needed to do done any little maintenance bits uh, if a room stayed empty for two weeks, it stayed empty for two weeks, and then fill it, start again. In my mass panic, I decided to Airbnb one of the rooms, <laughs> which I know, I mean, I hadn't been told beforehand, don't do it. How was it? Tell us. Well, I think it could have gone a lot worse than it did. <laughs> um, I'm not going to, it's, well, for starters, I did my Airbnb application all wrong. So I was, had people renting rooms for £19 a night, so it wasn't worth doing anyway. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, it, you wouldn't like it if people were coming and going in your own home. So I think you've got to be sure that if you're going to put professional working people in there. Yeah. I mean, I've had people in there for over a year now. If you're going to do that, don't start throwing temporary people that are coming in at God only knows what hours. Could be doing for whatever for all you know. Um, and unless you want to be visiting the property every day, cleaning the bedding, just don't bother. <laughs> Changing the bedding every day for 19 quid. That's yeah, a, that's that's a tough gig. Fuel, is it? Well, well done for trying something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I say, it was, uh, I realized as soon as I did it, I canceled my Airbnb profile. So that was a bad move, but we're going to ride this wave. That is a really good one to share actually. Cause I, uh, I would imagine a lot of our HMO landlords that listen to this podcast will think oh you know i've got one or two voids and you know maybe i should uh maybe they'd consider doing the same thing but i guess it's a i guess it's a case of stick to with any one particular property stick to one strategy and don't don't overlap and the example you've just given there is a really good lesson that no doubt some other people have made that mistake and you probably helped avoid a few others uh, who are about to make that mistake so a good one to share yeah, it's very tempting. Um, but yeah, like you say, I'd stick to one tenant profile. I've heard many stories where you don't make students with working professionals. Uh, I have put students in with them, but they've been foreign students. They're not there to be partying anyway. Um, and I've never had an issue whatsoever. So Great. Next question, Alistair. I'm going to change up a bit. Normally, I would ask about your HMO portfolio plans for the next 12 months. But what I'm going to do is ask about this 
fab sounding deal that you and I have spoken about, um, about this huge block of flats in Stoke-on-Trent. And I'd really love us to just go into a bit of detail and uh, get you to tell us about it a bit, because I would imagine your HMO portfolio plans the next 12 months are probably on hold. Yeah, definitely. The, uh, the, HMO, well, the HMO felt like a big step. And uh, yeah, it was cash flowing beautifully. So then I, an opportunity arose and I felt like I had the financial backing again from my parents helped me out a lot. Uh, and I had to go for this one. So I ended up purchasing in November last year at auction, uh, a block of 24 flats in Stoke-on-Trent. Tell us some numbers. Go on then. Um, so we, the purchase, it was advertised for, I think it was a guide of nine, 900 and it was rent rolling 94 grand a year. So I am very basic with my figures. I'm thinking, right, okay, it's worth 940 grand. Uh, would have put in a pre-auction offer of 940, but the guy said, no, they're not welcoming pre-auction offers. Don't waste your time, mate. Go away. So I was like, fine, I'll take it to auction. Went to auction and bought it for 930 grand. <laughs> yeah, so, well, so yeah, did, did themselves out of uh, 10 grand there. So the previous landlord can thank the agents for that. Um, so yeah, my plan with that building is, it's. I'm not going to say it's in a state of disrepair, but it's very dated. The EPCs are shocking. There's, it's probably 75% double glazed at the moment. Well, it was when I bought it. Uh, there's no insulation in the voids. It was all like peep, uh, like an, inter uh, an internal block skin and then PVC cladding on the outside with no insulation. It was solely electric panel heaters. So you buy it knowing for a while that this is going to cost a few quid to bring it up to spec. And uh, I'm, I mean, we're, we're almost, what, 10 months down the line now. And we've... Yeah, we've done some improvements. The ball is rolling and the major work is supposed to start next week, uh, next month. Okay. So what's the concept with the scheme? You're taking this block that costs you 930 grand. How many flats do you say? 20? 24. 24. And is the idea to obviously hold it for the long term but increase the capital value so that you can refinance some of your cash back out or are you flipping it on? What's the plan? So, yeah, the plan is to hold it. That's basically what I do anyway. That's always been my portfolio plan um, to build up that rental income. Uh, the plan was, so I'm, we're in for 930. The refurb is going to be probably around 300,000. So we're going to be in for about 1.2. And we are hoping for a minimum end valuation of 1.5. Okay. We'll recycle some of the cash. We're not going to recycle it all. But when the rent roll then should be around 135 grand a year. So whatever cash has been left in, you'd hope uh, would get recycled pretty quickly. And that's the beauty of that building is the outgoings are tiny. There's a, all I have to pay is the insurance and the communal electricity, and uh, which amounts to about two grand a year. Brilliant. Who's managing it? Someone local or are you guys doing it? Uh, so when you say you guys, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it on my own and uh, liaising the whole build team around it as well. So it's a bit of a stretch at the moment, but uh, okay. no, it's going well. 
Nice family project. So how long have you got left on the refurb before you can probably consider realising in any form refinance or otherwise that, that new end value? Uh, so we're looking works to be complete. I've told the tenants the end of January. I'm hoping it'll be done before then. Uh, so I've done the numbers on March, April next year. And have you let them know that their rent's going to be increased? Uh, I have. I've given them... So that was the reason we bought the property. The rents were probably 40% below market value. And that was in the condition the flats are in. Like if you'd, if I've, I've refurbed some of the flats and then takes it up by about 60% below market value. Um, so yeah, I've, um, I think I notified them about a month ago that their rent would be going up in February. So I've given them a, probably what, five, six months heads up because I mean, I don't, I don't see it fair that new kid on the block can come in and start turfing people out that have been in there for as long as I've been born. Yeah. Um, so I, I, they all know me by my first name. They've all got my mobile. They all know me. I've, I've spoken to them all face to face. Um, so unfortunately the rent does need to go up, but I think a lot of them being very accepting about it. Good. Good. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a relatively smooth transition all the way through the completion of this project. Alistair, apart from building, apart from doing this project, is there anything else you're up to in or outside of property property that you'd like to share with HMO Nation? Uh, no, I mean, I'm not, my plan for the next five, ten years is to stay in property. Um, I would like to divulge at some point into another industry, but for now, if it's not broken, why fix it? Uh, just keep rinse and repeating what I've been doing so far, building up, whether it's flats or HMOs, they're both multiple unit uh, properties where if you break it down per unit, you're buying really cheap for the rental income you're then achieving from it. So uh, I think it's just a case of rinse and repeat and just find more projects that stack up well. How hard is it or how hard do you think it's going to be to find more projects, you know, where you can buy a sub 40 grand a unit like, like this one? Uh, it's, it's hard. Um, it's, I mean, I think the market's pretty strong at the moment. Uh, I think it might be teetering a little bit because of all the uncertainty going on. I mean, if I think anyone that's got a couple of hundred grand in the bank should be hoping that the market crashes so they can go pick up a few because otherwise I don't think you're going to walk onto the open market and get a killer deal. It's uh you're either going to have to be in the right place at the right time, be very lucky, because, like I say, even if you go to an auction house now, everyone in there is looking for the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it's hard at the moment. I think most people are finding it hard at the moment unless they've got a well-established deal sourcing of one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with all these low interest rates and free quantitative easing money, that's what happens. Uh, we, are in a, we are in an asset bubble, no, no doubt about it. Alistair, what advice would you give for investors looking to get into HMO property for the very first time? Uh, so I've obviously had a few, I do a bit of networking, so I've had a few people contact me since and I've tried to steer them as much as I, I can without it becoming a full-time job. I'm looking for my own deals as well. So, um, But obviously the number one, I, I'm relatively risk adverse. So I know it's the most cliche thing ever, but you need to get your location spot on. Know exactly who your market, who your target market is. I wouldn't even 
entertain thinking, well, mine's not in the best area, but I'm going to make it nicer. Therefore, I can get the same run. It's not going to happen. Um, or it might happen whilst the market's strong, but any fluctuations, yours are going to be the first to drop off the market. Um, other bits of advice, again, what I just keep saying, just do it properly. Uh, people appreciate quality. Uh, I mean, my, my, the doors in my property are solid oak. People are like, well, I say solid oak, veneer oak, whatever you get from <laughs> but you're not going to kick it down, put it that way, and no yeah. sound getting through them. Um, and people appreciate that quality. I'd say be a bit different. Uh, HMOs, you can go ballsy. Um, don't go too different though, because <laughs> uh, people still want to live, it's still their home. Don't go too crazy. Um, but no, market, get your market right, do it well. I think there's there's always the argument of market saturation, but I've always been of the opinion, if you're at the top of the pile, is the market saturated? It's a, it's up for debate, I guess. Um, and then uh, don't just do your numbers right. I mean, that's what every project comes down to at the end of the day, isn't it? Just don't do everything on best case. Don't, uh, yeah. Budget for voids, budget for, although you don't get too many maintenance issues if you've uh, just refurbished the property, but don't budget on no money going out in the first year. Great. Super. Finally, before we sign off, Alistair, we'd like you to recommend one great HMO resource or business book that you'd like to share. Then we'll let HMO Nation know how they can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Cool. Um, am I allowed YouTube? Absolutely. <laughs> it's probably the biggest uh, book case on the, in the world. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can learn everything on YouTube. Like I say, I'm, I'm a main contractor on that project. You don't know how to self-level a floor. YouTube, how do you self-level a floor? And there'll be someone who's done the best floor self-leveling out there. <laughs> um, like I say, design features that I got off. Uh, Nick Leatherland, it's like, put your sockets above the cupboards and the drawers. And um, my other other massive tip would also be don't be tempted to use flat-pack furniture. I'd use one of these recommended landlord furniture companies. Mm um just because again it's just putting quality in there um no if i was only to recommend one resource it's got to be youtube youtube okay and how about if hmo nation want to connect with you how can they do that um so i do operate under a company name but i also promote myself uh so my name's alistair Trippett. uh i've got a company called big moose housing which often gets a, a giggle in the builders merchants uh, but yeah, it's a bit great, the yellow logo, so you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we've got a website, www.bmhousing.co.uk. And uh, yeah, and then LinkedIn, Alistair Trickett. Fantastic. We'll make sure we link to you in the show notes page of this podcast. Alistair, thanks for sharing your journey. We salute you. Let's get an HMO high five, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Alistair. Nice one. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this and want more informational, educational and inspirational HMO property content, then please hit the subscribe button and give us a like. See you next time. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this and want more 
informational, educational and inspirational HMO property content, then please hit the subscribe button and give us a like. See you next time.